It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. For the final time live in the year 2022, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon going into full-on Christmas mode. You're going to hear from me. You're going to hear from my kid, Lincoln Fallon. Jenny Fallon going to be in the house as well. Comedian Charles McBee is going to stop by to recap the year in comedy and outrage and protest and everything in between. But as we do every day, we will provide you with an audio safe space for cool people where everybody is welcome regardless of their political persuasion. We don't care. We say it every day. You can be a Republican on this show. You can be a Democrat. The only thing we ever ask, man, is just don't be a... That is all. Fox Across America truly has become uh, your source, your number one go-to source for top-shelf radio in a bottom-feeding political world, bottom-feeding broadcast world, too, to be clear. And uh, we're going to celebrate uh, the success of this show quite a bit this this uh, afternoon. And uh, you'll hear a little bit from the fam. Uh, but the people I'm focused on the most are just you guys. You know, you hear me say this a lot. Uh, if you listen to this show, you're not a fan uh, of the show. You are a friend of the show. I have met tens of thousands of you in the past year. Uh, and if there's one thing you all have in common, it's that you're all really cool. Like, I am so proud of the crowd we've attracted. Uh, but that is the common denominator. Regardless of your age or your ideology or your gender or your identity, the one thing you all have in common is that you're cool. Uh, the other thing that, like, 99% of you have in common is that you guys drink a lot of beer. Holy heck, my goodness gracious. I am off. I'm not touring in uh, January of 2023. Uh, I'll be writing. I'll be working on a new hour for a new one-hour stand-up special. Uh, And I'll be here on TV and I'll be on radio with you every day. Uh, But I am not even touring. Like, I actually need to recoup uh, after New Year's Eve, as you know. I will be hosting Fox's All-American New Year this year for the second year in a row. I'll be doing live stand-up before the ball drops on New Year's Eve. It's a really high honor, and uh, it is never lost on me in terms of the progress we've made and how crazy it's gotten. And, you know, I know I say it a lot, but believe me, I am teeming with gratitude because this isn't possible without having a movement behind me. The whole hook of Fox Across America is I'm not the host. That's the star. Okay. the whole hook is that the audience is the star. It's good people that tune in every day from a place of reason, from a place of, you know, kind of a a jaundiced comedy eye and that we have a healthy cynicism of everything that goes on in Washington. And we like to make fun of it. But the bottom line is, you know, if you guys were collectively standing on stage as an audience, I would ask you all to take a bow. (laughs) Only guy. Not taking a bow today is the fella at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Biden sucks. So I just covered this. It was on the Faulkner Focus moments ago. Molly Line was guest hosting. Molly Line's brilliant. She's like, like, actually like next level of intelligence. Like we had to negotiate before we went on the air that she wouldn't use words I didn't understand. I'm like, Molly, you don't want me to get stuck Googling things mid-TV hit. Uh, so she dumbed it down for me a little bit. And we had a hell of a good TV hit. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but what we were talking about is Biden's year-end message. So the president who spent the year telling us this was a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Shame on those people. It's not about your freedom. Not about you. What are we talking about here? You got to think about the other guy. This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Never mind that that isn't true. Okay, this is the same president who told you that Georgia's voter ID law was Jim Crow on steroids. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia. And he obviously went on to do what? Call MAGA Republicans 
semi-fascists in a blood-red speech outside of Independence Hall in Philadelphia. This guy will say anything. I bring all of these offenses up. I bring all of this division up because Joe Biden, okay, in his message to the country for Christmas, says, we need more unity in this politics. Everybody's so divided. This guy's a serious ass. Yo, just understand, and I say this all the time, we're living in the death of shame. Like, I've gotten to know Washington in the past two years of hosting this show. I've gotten to know TV really well. I've gotten to know all the big players. I've gotten to know all the big guests, okay? And it is absurd what goes on in Washington, D.C., in terms of the intelligence or lack thereof, and you know, when it comes to people in positions of prominence, and when it comes to the levels of shamelessness. You know, you'll always hear me talk about the fact that this is the dumbest time there's ever been to be alive. Okay, the people in Washington are weapons-grade stupid. Okay, they're stupid for two reasons. One, they just don't have self-awareness. Self-awareness is the greatest character trait you could ever develop, that and a sense of humor, because it teaches you to deal with adversities in a way that keeps you calm. You got a sense of humor, oh, your tire blew up, you're doing 82 miles an hour with Jenny riding shotgun. You kind of get over, you laugh about it, you figure it out, you find a way, the circus rolls into the next town just fine, okay? That sense of humor goes a long way. Self-awareness goes a long way. Hey, You know, ask yourself from time to time, um, do I sound, you know, as I'm talking right now, do I sound like a right now? Okay, because if I sound like a, I should probably change what I'm doing. Okay, people in Washington don't have that self-awareness. And I can prove this to you because I'm about to play you a clip from Biden. Um, You know, what a good bookend to a week that began with Karine Jean-Pierre telling us the border was closed. Okay, in a year where five million people will cross this border illegally, Karine Jean-Pierre says with a straight face that the border is closed. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. They don't know shame. Okay, apparently in the world of Karine Jean-Pierre, the border identifies as closed. Its pronouns are bull and But here is Biden bookending that earlier absurdity by saying he's Joe Unity. He's the guy that wants to bring the country together. Here it is, clip 16. Our politics has gotten so angry, so mean, so partisan. And too often we see each other as enemies, not as neighbors, as Democrats and Republicans, not as fellow Americans. We become too divided. I mean, come on. Don't you have any respect for yourself? We've become too divided, said the guy who called you fascists. Said the guy who said it was Jim Crow on steroids to ask for an ID. For the guy who told you, screw your freedom and get vaccinated. Because you can't build a wall high enough to keep out a, 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 a vaccine. The vaccine can stop the spread of these diseases. And so everybody talks about freedom and not to have a, to have a shot or have a test. Well, guess what? And so how about patriotism? How about making sure that you're vaccinated so you do not spread the disease to anybody else? What about that? What's the big deal? We're not in a position where we think that any virus, including the Delta virus, which is much more transmissible and more deadly in terms of non-unvaccinated people, the the, the, the various shots that people are getting now cover that. They're, they're, you're okay. You're not going to. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Continue to spread the diseases, and so we should think of in the patriotic duty. 
whether you're whether you're working in a supermarket to make sure you have been vaccinated so you're not spreading anything to anyone else or you're not likely to get the virus whatever by and delta still is the worst you suck you jackass four times four times joe biden just said if you're vaccinated you're not going to get the virus. That is a fact check false. But do you understand, not only is it false, but he is demonizing the unvaccinated. Shame these people. It's their fault. Yo, 58% of the COVID deaths in the most recent data available to us, 58% of the COVID deaths were amongst the vaccinated. So do you understand he was not only dividing us by calling it a pandemic of the unvaccinated, but he was lying when he did it. That's true. That is true. Okay, and there are other lies. There are other divisive gestures, okay? You've got Georgia's Jim Crow on steroids. You've got it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. You've got MAGA Republicans are semi-fascists. You know what else you got? He went after the border agents, said they were whipping Haitian migrants and that they were going to pay, knowing full well, knowing full well, that they had been emailed prior to the press conference, prior to this montage I'm about to play you, everyone speaking in this montage had been alerted by the photographer that the border agents did not possess whips. They were riding split-reined horses, and the photographer himself said, I wouldn't run with this story. It's easily disprovable. But they didn't want to focus on their record at the southern border, so they made one up for the border agents. Listen to this. Uh, One cannot weaponize a horse. Uh, to aggressively attack a child, that is unacceptable. That is not what our policies and our training require. Please understand, let me be quite clear, um, that is not acceptable. We will not tolerate mistreatment, and we will address it with full force based on the facts that we learn. To see people treated like they did, horses really running them over, people being strapped, it's outrageous. I promise you those people will pay. They will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. What I saw depicted about um, those individuals on horseback treating human beings the way they were is horrible. And um, I fully support what is happening right now, which is a thorough investigation into exactly what is going on there. Um, But human beings should never be treated that way. You told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard of in my whole life. Those macho man drops are for you, Davey. Uh, But listen to me, folks. That's Kamala Harris. That's Joe Biden. That's Secretary Mayorkas. Knowingly, you understand, when they got in front of those microphones, they were alerted prior to any one of those sound clips that no one was whipped at the border. And they said it anyway. Okay, do you understand? So when you get on TV today, you're like, oh, the politics have gotten so divisive. Yeah. It's almost like someone's calling the border agents slave drivers and the unvaccinated people killers and the Georgia voter ID makers Jim Crow enthusiasts. Let's not forget all of those fascists. Think about that. If you're a Republican voter, your grandparents saved America from the Nazis only to have Joe Biden call you one of the Nazis. Let's go, Brandon. There's a reason that chant's still going on to this day. Okay. 2022, okay, it was a mess in a lot of ways. It was really hard to buy goods at the store. Inflation was at a 40-year high. It was crushing. Okay. It was hard to travel. Gas prices were up and down and all around. We had a record number of flight cancellations. 
And even if your flight did land on time, there's a good chance your luggage took off with a member of the Biden administration. But the point is, it was a rough year. The crime rate, the murder rate is at a 35-year high. The border is wide open. Okay, but we have one shining light we can point to, and that's the consistency in the White House, where the guy in charge has been consistently shameless and full of White House girls send Biden to bed early Because he's really old and he's senile He makes up so much crap the country's worried He's lying like it's going out of style You can't hide Joe Biden's lies For a while they made some he tried I thought by now they'd realize There ain't no way to hide Joe Biden's lies Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm being trolled on my own radio show by Josh Harmon. Yesterday on The Five, we were talking about our favorite Christmas movies. And I cited the fact that Charlie Brown Christmas special, the Peanuts Christmas special, is one of my favorites of all time because it has, oddly enough, the best soundtrack you've ever heard coupled with, pound for pound, one of the worst Christmas songs ever made. Everybody loves the opener. With a little piano going. But then you get this song, which sounds like you're dying of carbon monoxide poisoning in your garage with the car running. Have you ever had a checkup? No. Have they ever had a checkup? I love a Peanuts Christmas. But that song is ridiculous. And every time I hear it, I have to point it out because it's so dumb. I'm telling you because I care. I'm telling you, you deserve better on this show. That's all I'm trying to say, man. You must be crazy. When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? (laughs) Wait, does that mean they don't deserve better? Whoever played that clip. You blockhead. Anyway, big day on the show today. Charles McVie is going to be here. Jenny Fail is in the house. And the great Lincoln Fela is going to join me to count down the year in Fela. The whole third hour of the show is just me and my family. Jenny's in studio. Lincoln's going to have to call in. He's cutting class in school uh, to make this work. But that's how we roll. That's what we do in the Fela family. We get it done. 
Okay, the Jackson three. We don't mess around. Uh, but right now it's some you and me time on a holiday Friday, and I hope everybody's being safe out there. We've heard about 3,700 canceled flights around the country as of right now, uh, which is exactly why God made airport bars. Go in there, have a drink, stay calm. Uh, as I said yesterday on the five, airport bars are the only place where anybody watches CNN anymore. CNN is the worst. All right, but it's Christmas. You might keep them on the air uh, for a few months, few years extra by buying a double and waiting for your flight to get rebooked. So if you're out there, uh, live it up, man. It's the holiday season. You want to have a good time. If there was one consistent thread on this show all year, it was radio debauchery. No matter where you found us. I mean, we were everywhere. We did this down in Tampa, where Mikey chained himself to the strip clubs. Hubba, hubba. But we did. We were everywhere. I was in Ottumwa, Iowa, Enid, Oklahoma, Spokane, Washington, Dallas, and Tyler, and Longview. And we were in Hollywood, Florida. We were in Orlando, Florida for CPAC. We did the show in Tampa, Florida. Uh, I mean, everywhere. BAP in Dallas. I'm just naming stuff now. I mean, IBX up in Utica, great hosts. Uh, We didn't get to do the show when we were out at KRMS in the Lake of the Ozarks. And that's a good thing because we would have been too hammered to broadcast. Okay, it was those people were out of control. I'm going to bring them up with Jenny later because I want you guys to get an unvarnished take on what it was really like to be out in the Lake of the Ozarks, which is just the wildest place you could ever hope to go. You know, we were up at WVMT in Vermont. That was another cocktail hour from Mikey. That He kept it presentable to his credit. Uh, but, I mean, you name it. You know, we were there this year, and uh, we plan to be there in the coming year really quickly. I know I mentioned some of this yesterday, but I'm going to be back in Carson, Nevada, doing the show Saturday night. It's the 4th of February. That's my next road date. If you want to hang out with me in Carson, we'll be at the Nugget for one night. And then we're going to be back up in Utica, WIBX. I have it in my phone. as Friday, February 17th, Saturday, February the 18th. If you're listening on IBX, come down to Fat Cat, see your buddy. And then we get on the road like nuts, like there's a lot going on uh, all over the country, Oregon, Seattle, you name it. I'll give you just to give you some quick background. I can do this fast. So we're rifling in and out of commercials. Uh, March the 3rd, we'll be out in Seattle at the Federal Way Performing Arts Center, Federal Way, Washington. March the 4th, we are at the Crest Theater in Sacramento, not far from where we're launching our new station in Susanville uh, right after the new year. April the 7th, the Tower Theater in Bend, Oregon. April the 8th, the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho, and April 21st to the 22nd, right here on the East Coast, we are at Bananas in Bergen, New Jersey, playing some Bon Jovi, teasing up the big hair, getting the Camaro, Tina. We're heading to Jersey in 2023. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, and the Ronettes are canceled. Don't they know it's now Frosty the Snow Person? What the hell is the world coming 
coming. Oh, a snowman. Come on! You can't be a, assuming a snowman. A jet, what are we talking about here? Are you people even paying attention? That's not right. It's not right, Kevin Meany. I got to call it out. I got to stick up for the sanity. I have an op-ed, so we got to talk about this really quick. Okay, this is the home stretch for your radio, buddy. Today's my final day with you uh, in the year. Uh, in the year of 2022. It's unfortunate, I know. Well, what's going to happen is I'm actually going to have four days off next week. Like, you'll see me uh, on the 5 on Monday. It's a Christmas special. Uh, and then I'm heading out to Ohio to spend four days with Jenny's family. And then I will be back in New York on Friday, December the 30th. I will be hosting the 5. I will be on Gutfeld. I'll be on the Faulkner Focus. So a lot of TV action, a lot of fail-o-vision. And then, of course, we fly down to Nashville for the big New Year's Eve blowout, and it's going to be a blowout. Like, I'm pumped up. I'm so excited. Uh, but, like, by law, like, they are forcing me off the air for four days. Now, knowing that we've been generating as much content as we have, um, what I did last night in between hosting The Five and appearing on The Sean Hannity Show is I ran up to my office and banged out an op-ed for FoxNews.com that's going to come out on December the 27th. So you get some bonus you and me time, and it's about something uh, near and dear to my heart. 2022, for all of its faults, really was a year where a lot of the woke outrage mob lost its power, lost its ability to change the dynamic in this country. And what I wrote about were the three biggest high-profile failures of the woke grievance outrage machine. Uh, and, you know, without giving away too much of the op-ed, all I'll say is, as always, if you like reading at a third-grade level – you're going to love this op-ed. But the point is, it was a moment. It was a step in the right direction because after, you know, what felt like a century of pandemic, it was two years, but it felt like, seriously, it felt like a hundred. Um, people have started to course correct and go back to that natural human calibration to seek out fun and to seek out joy as opposed to having their lives held hostage by contrived grievance. You know, there's a lot of contrived grievance in this day and age. You know, a good example is the Don't Say Gay bill down in Florida. That bill is six pages long, physically never says the word gay once. Not once, not even kind of, not even a little. But they ran with it all over cable news. He's banning gay people. The media is a bunch of losers. And why did they do that? It was contrived outrage. It was the Democratic Party trying to drive turnout in the run-up to the midterms by selling fake oppression. That was a good example uh, of, of something this year that people finally, they, they kind of grew beyond it. They grew past the point of like, hey, I, just, I don't want to just get out of bed every day looking for a new thing to hate. You know, what if, you know, I don't know, what if we enjoyed life? What if we spoke to the reality that no matter what type of marginalization you're claiming, it's still better to be that marginalized class here in America. No one's marginalized. No one's oppressed in America, to be clear. But no matter what your grievance movement happens to be, it is a better place to have that grievance here than anywhere else, literally anywhere else in the world, okay? And I think in this year, if there was a consistency out of the American population, it's that we really didn't fall for it as much, you know? We're not going to sit here... And listen to you, bad mouth, the United States of America. You think about it. When Biden said, oh, we're semi-fascists, his poll numbers went down. 
when Biden said, oh, it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Ah, poll numbers went down. Didn't ask great, right? Yeah, no, all these lies. Because they are out there running a play that used to work really well. You know, the Democrats understand Barack Obama was the worst thing for race relations in our lifetime, the election of, his, of this presidency. And it broke my heart. I want you to understand. I was a cab driver when Obama got elected. OK, and I did not even once consider voting for the guy because I just thought it was like a hot topic presidency. I was like, this guy isn't anything. He's young. He doesn't know what he's doing. He has no record in the Senate. He voted president a million times. And it was my he was like my introduction to actively following politics. Like I followed politics in the 80s because I grew up in a really big Reagan house and we had so much national pride because I was from Levittown. It was the biggest post-World War II settlement for American GIs returning home from the war. My, you know, I grew up around the generation that literally saved Private Ryan. And now I live in the generation that's complaining that there's not enough diversity in the boats on the way to Omaha Beach, so they're going to turn around and abort the mission. That's what we're living in now. It's embarrassing. We're going to discuss it in the next hour with Charles McBee. But the point is Obama happened at an age where I was now actively engaged in following politics uh, on a level that I do now because I was driving around in a taxi all day. I was listening to talk radio all day. And when Obama got you know, elected, I pulled my cab over in front of uh, Madison Square Garden on the day of his inauguration. And I was like, you know, this really is like a significant day because it is the moment where we fulfilled the promise as a country that was founded at a time of slavery. We had truly hit that peak moment where all men were now created equal. Okay, a guy born in the late 50s in a mixed race marriage, which I got to be honest with you, in the late 50s, was not a popular thing, but good on us as a society because a guy who was born into that mixed-race marriage at a time when it wasn't popular, at the absolute bottom of the socioeconomic scale, a guy whose odds of being president were one in probably 860 trillion, okay, grew up to be the president of the United States. To me, that was culturally significant. Again, I didn't think anything of Obama. There are white folks, and then there are ignorant mother like you. Maybe, okay, but I didn't think anything of the guy. But I thought a lot of his election and I sat there and I was like, wow, like it's on paper. It's official. He's sworn in. We have a black president. Okay, this is a thing for a country founded in a time of slavery that is so significant if for no other reason, because we're still going to have our political differences. But after this, they can never play the race card again. (laughs) I mean, man. Man, was I wrong. Like, that's how much I still needed to learn in life. That's why it's a good thing I didn't get this job 10 years ago. I pulled away from Madison Square Garden that day. So fired up for the country. I'm like, I think this guy's policies suck. You know, I, this radical expansion of the government, I get why it's not a good thing. Again, I grew up in a Reagan household. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. But I really pulled away from the curb that day. So fired up and and to be clear, inspired by the possibilities of life in this country. I was like, wow, this is a guy born into a mixed marriage in the 50s with no money. You know, could grow up to be president. I could get out of this cab and I could become something of consequence in this world. And it really did like I'm sharing like this is a real moment I had. And I was so enthralled by it all that I drove away from the curb. I didn't even know that I had a parking ticket on my windshield. Some DOT traffic agent, while I'm sitting there listening to the speech, chanting USA, walked over and zapped my registration and left me a $155 ticket. That's just how white folks will do you. 
Okay, but I walked away believing. I'm like, oh, we're done with race. This is amazing. Got a black president. How are you going to call us racist? He won with overwhelming support from the white community. Like, going away. And I was like, that's it. But sadly, the minute, the minute, the second he got into office, they shamelessly, every time there was a policy disagreement, they were like, well, what's so different about this president that they don't like his ideas? With no regard for the fact that Republicans and Democrats have disagreed on the size of the government their entire lives. They've disagreed on taxing and spending their entire lives. But the Democrats disingenuously framed any policy disagreement as if it was based in some type of a racial animus. That's what they did. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. And for a long time. We went along with those stupid ideas. But we're now at a place where playing the race card just doesn't have a return on the investment. Like now it's like an honor. It's like when Weird Al Yankovic parodies one of your songs, you know you've made it. Like you know you're prominent now in in the world and media and politics when they just start calling you a racist because they got nothing else to say. I mean you really think about it. They called Tim Scott the first black man elected to both Houses of the United States Congress, they called him a racist. They're crazy. I mean, honestly, they called him Uncle Tim, sell out. They called Larry Elder the black face of white supremacy. What the hell did you just say? Think about that. God, you don't even want to know what they said about Herschel Walker. I can't hold on to an FCC license if I repeat it. So you understand, whenever they're making these arguments, okay, they're not talking about protecting, you know, race. They're not talking about protecting people. They're t- creating division intentionally. They're creating it intentionally as a way of stifling debate. When Biden was yelling that you're a semi-fascist, when Biden was yelling that George is Jim Crow on steroids, what he was doing is creating a social pressure stream that drives people away from the Republican Party by saying, hey, I don't want to be grouped with the, the fascists. I don't want to be grouped with Jim Crow. I guess I'll go over here. That's what they do. That's why when he launched his campaign, do you understand? He said it was a battle for the soul of our nation. This is a battle for the soul of our nation. Because don't ever forget, Donald Trump, I I wasn't going to run. I wasn't going to run. But in August of 2017, Donald Trump stepped up to the microphone and he refused to condemn the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists. And then I knew I had to run because Trump never condemned the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. So I guess we have some issues. (laughs) No issue. We're living in the death of shame. They'll say anything. They'll divide you along racial lines, gender lines, ideology lines, for anything if they think it'll get them votes. My hope as we head to 2023, is that a decent percentage of us have started to outgrow it. And that's why some of the biggest backlashes this year fell flat. If you remember in previous years, when the mob got outraged at pop culture, they wiped stuff out. Live PD, Live PD is one of the highest rated shows on television, right off the air during the George Floyd riots. While the protesters were causing uh, $10 billion in property damage, according to the numbers, 42 people were killed. Police stations were burnt. They started a pretend country out in Seattle. And while all of that was going on and what felt like a full-blown societal collapse, 
that mob wielded its power on the Internet and was like, we don't want cop shows. No more live PD. They took it off the air. We don't want cops. They took it off the air. Do you remember the op-ed about Paw Patrol where they were trying to get the dog Scout off Paw Patrol because even though it was a cartoon dog, it portrayed cops in a positive light, so they decided to get rid of Scout? That's stupid. Use your common sense. Thankfully, Scout did hold on to his gig, uh, and the only one that wound up howling at the moon was Hillary Clinton. But the point is, okay, they did have power. They canceled Uncle Ben. They canceled Aunt Jemima. Okay, never mind. They canceled Aunt Jemima in the name of racial equality. That's a racist depiction of a real black woman whose family was living off the royalties for the last 90 years. Do you realize when they canceled Aunt Jemima, they screwed a black family? Think about that. They were making money off of that image. It was a real person. Uncle Ben's rice. No, that's racist. Get on more Uncle Ben. What do you think happens to Uncle Ben's family? Do you think the money keeps flying in? No. Everything they do in the name of, you know, aggrieved classes of people is not designed to help those people. It's designed to help them. They were yelling defund the police. All the cops are racist. Why? Because they were walking around with police protection. The cops weren't getting defunded for them. They were getting defunded for you. They were getting defunded in black communities that relied on them the most. And that's why the black murder rates soared as a result of Black Lives Matter. And some of the most prominent black lives who were pushing this garbage got caught with their own private police funding and didn't even didn't even have the decency to apologize. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending two hundred thousand, if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. Oh, my goodness. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Weapons-grade stupid. Corey Bush is an idiot. Okay, there's a lot of idiots out there. Uh, Sadly, they happen to be in places of leadership right now. But if I had a hopeful note heading into 2023, I think a lot of people have moved beyond this. And I think a lot of people have moved beyond the team sport of politics, which is why there is so much anger at the Republican Party over this omnibus spending bill. Okay, you understand the Republicans. What's the whole ethos? Ah, we're spending too much money. Democratic spending's driving inflation. And then they all turned around and voted for a $1.7 trillion bill. 18 of them did. What a fraud. Really think about that. 18 Republican senators backed this bill. The party that fi- that preaches fiscal conservatism, the party that says we're going to be the responsible steady hand at the till, just voted yes on a 4,100-page bill without reading Anything in the bill. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. And if there was any hope heading into 2023, it's that both parties are starting to realize it. And we might just start to play team ball. The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon wishing you and your family the merriest Christmas, the happiest holidays allowable by law. 
This show is skiing downhill from here. I am about to bring on my entire family uh, in the third hour of the show. You'll hear Jenny, you'll hear Lincoln. Uh, in separate, of course. Jenny is uh, going to be here in the studio. Lincoln will be piping in from school. He's cutting class somewhere to make this count. And uh, comedian Charles will be here as well because we're going to talk about a development in the United States Marine Corps that i got to be honest with you could cost us a major war. I know. Who's ready for some holiday cheer? But we're going to talk about it in the next hour. I just had to talk about it on the Faulkner Focus. And there is something going on in the Marines uh, where they are getting woker and woker by the second. Everything woke turns to Uh, This one is so, I actually, like, normally, you know, in radio, you might do a tease. Like, hey, this is exactly what happened, and we'll talk about it next. This is so ridiculous. I can't pull it together in the minute we have left to even explain this to you with a straight face. I had to cover this on TV. I just, I was on Faulkner Focus. I'm like, this is not a thing, and it's a thing, and you're going to want to stick around (laughs) to hear the thing. Uh, because you want to know something. I, listen, our superpower, this is a radio coping mechanism. That's what Fox Across America is. You know, I'm always like, ah, it's an audio safe space for cool people. What we really are, because the world's on fire, we really are a group of people that get together every day and just roast marshmallows on the fire and try to keep the mood light so we can, you know, get to a place, find an opening in the universe to save the day. Okay, that's who we are. When our mindset wins out, we will... We could save the country. If everybody had our mindset, which is what? We don't need more Republicans. We don't need more Democrats. We just need less. I say it every day. That's all you need. It doesn't philosophy voters. Ever, just don't be it. That's it. Oh, don't be a. That is it. But in the next hour, sadly, uh, I will deliver concrete proof <laughs> that our military is being run by a lot of. And I take no joy in saying it. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Big episode of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon as we're skiing downhill. Santa is on his way, kids, bringing lots of toys to good little girls and boys. We will celebrate his arrival uh, with comedian Charles McBee in this hour. My family going to be here as well, Jenny Fela, and, of course, Lincoln Fela, George from Queens, the man who claims he is carrying the show, uh, a show that is quickly defining itself as the number one broadcast entity anywhere in America. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. One of the reasons uh, the show has grown at the alarming rate of speed, and it has, like in, in media in the past year, I've never listened. It sounds like you're bragging. I always feel like uncomfortable being like, wow, I'm doing so good. Uh, but the reason I'm doing so good is because of you. It's not, I'm being, uh, you know, I'm not being modest in saying that. You guys get it. And we have grown this movement like someone threw water on a gremlin. You know, the gremlins just multiply by like a thousand. Okay. I'm, like, I'm on like, the biggest primetime shows here like every damn night now. It's amazing. It's so much fun. But the reason it's working is, yeah, we can be funny and people like to, you know, digest the news without feeling awful doing it but we're also telling you the truth like i am leveling with you like i'm never gonna see you again it's a superpower i developed it in a taxi you pick up 40 people a day that you don't ever think you're gonna see again sometimes you do see them again which gets awkward 
especially when they talk to you about their love lives. And you're like, well, oh, look who's back. Ah, you didn't wear the Viking helmet this time, huh? Well, that's interesting. But one thing I will be honest with you about, and I've always been honest with you about, okay, is my love and affection for the people who put on the uniform and defend this country. Okay, I grew up surrounded in Levittown, New York, by World War II veterans. They were the biggest post-World War II settlement for American GIs returning home from war. They all used the GI Bill to buy Levitt houses. They built above-ground pools. They drank a lot of cheap beer, and they let their kids leave the house in the morning on bicycles and come back two or three days later. I don't even know. I don't think I formally met my dad till I was seven. Spent that much time out on my bike. He was riding his motorcycle. You know, it's what we did. It was Levittown. It was great. We grew up the greatest time there ever was to be alive. Feral cats. You just walk out of your house, look around the neighborhood. You'd see another feral cat in front of his house down the block. You guys would go kill a few birds together or whatever the hell you did. And it was an amazing time to be alive. And I am so, you know, profoundly thankful for that opportunity because I'd be honest, my kid's having a great time. I don't know a happier kid his age. But they didn't get to do a lot of that, okay? They didn't have the freedom that we did. You know, they have the helicopter parent thing going on. It's a more delicate society in terms of people getting offended by words. But the one place I never thought we were going to focus on hurt feelings was the place where we're supposed to be training men and women to hurt other people. I'm talking about the United States military, where if you ever watched, oh, I don't know, say Full Metal Jacket, You saw how raw and rugged and rough something like boot camp could be. You're the lowest form of life on earth. You're so ugly you could be a modern art masterpiece. Oh, you little maggot. You make me want to vomit. But the point is you realized it was an evil necessity. It was a rough necessity. Listen, the whole point of a military is to have such a fierce fighting force that you don't have to use it. Peace through strength. Teddy Roosevelt, speak softly, carry a big stick. Trump said peace through strength. You get a military that's so intimidating, people behave. That's the point. Okay, we now have a military. I'm going to read you the story, man, that is not focusing on hurting people. They're focusing on hurt people. The military is going woke. Everything woke turns to This is real. And it took me a whole commercial break to compose myself so I could share this with you. Okay? This is real. Brace yourself. I don't know that you can. Okay? But if you grew up taking the pride of the military that I did, if you grew up taking the pride in this country that inspired you to put on the uniform, there's no way you aren't a little, you know, a little beat up by this, a little perturbed by this. Okay? The Marines is banning the terms sir... And ma'am, to avoid misgendering officers. Okay, that's a real thing. That was the worst thing I ever heard. The recommendation, let me just read it to you. Okay, recruits for the U.S. Marines may soon be banned from respectfully addressing senior members as sir or ma'am to avoid misgendering and offending them. Folks. Drill instructors, senior leadership, the toughest people we have. You now have to be careful how you address them because you might hurt their feelings. This is ridiculous. And I'm ridiculous. It's counterproductive. No, no, no. You're doing it all wrong. All the way wrong. Are you kidding me? The recommendation was made in a new $2 million report commissioned by the Corp from the University of Pittsburgh. 
738-page study that the Marines first commissioned in 2020. So when did this happen? When the social justice stampede was taking place. When we were, you know, firing Aunt Jemima and screwing a black family out of royalties. Trashing Uncle Ben, screwing an Asian family out of royalties. Defunding police, getting black families killed. All of this social justice garbage is hurting us as a society. He knows what he's talking about. Yo, if you can't face down a set of pronouns, you're not going to be able to set, you know, face down enemy fire. I admire your honesty. I mean, does anybody want a world where the guys leading us into battle are upset by words? Again, like we're five years away from, I, you know, having a military that's like, oh, my gosh, ISIS called me an infidel. I am not fighting today. That is very insensitive. Like we're going to have army tanks with hate has no home here stickers on the back. Hate has no home on this battlefield. It's a love is the battlefield. Pat Benatar. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's included on this battlefield. We love you, ISIS. I am not going to fire at non-binary soldiers. That is a hate crime. That's what we're raising. We're fighting. We're literally fighting the wrong battle. This is embarrassing. This is counterproductive. This is not a Republican take. This is not a Fox News take. This is an American take. Okay? America is in the kicking business. Can I say ass kicking? America is in the I guess not. (laughs) Business. But the point is, that's who we're supposed to be. The team nobody wants to play. Peace through strength. The fighting force so fierce that when this football team gets off the bus and you hear all the cleats hit the parking lot and sink, every parent in the home bleachers goes, oh, hell no, we don't want to play them. Let's say my kid has COVID, get him off the field. Okay, that's the point of our military. The team nobody wants to play. And we're now reapportioning them as the team nobody can take seriously. Senior leadership. That's what this says. Senior leadership. Can't call them sir or ma'am because you don't want to offend them. Oh, boo, who? Yo, if you're going to join the military, you're going to go to war. Okay? We can't focus on your feelings. Because you want to know why? Because the enemy is not going to focus on your feelings. Bingo. Let me give you this. Study states employing gender-neutral identifiers eliminates the possibility of misgendering drill instructors, which can unintentionally offend or cause discord. Wait, what? You're a drill instructor. You're teaching people to blow other humans into actual particles. Dust. (laughs) Debris. Hey, you're going to go across the field and turn that guy into debris. Yes, it's graphic. Yes, it's horrific. Yes, it's the job. Okay, that's why I have so much reverence for these guys. I grew up in a family of cops. I know they see horrific things. Okay, that's the job. That's why they deserve our respect. That's why they deserve our support. Okay, but when you start taking the corporate boardroom ethos and deploying it on battlefields, do you know what you wind up doing? You wind up weakening us on those battlefields. Okay, let me read you more of this. By teaching recruits to use gender-neutral identifiers for their drill instructors, services underscore the importance of respect of authoritative figures regardless of gender. Folks, we spent $2 million on this report. We paid $2 million to teach recruits that it's okay to have a general who's wearing a dress. 
but has a, a package <laughs> to go with that dress. I'm sorry. According to the study, instead of saying ma'am or sir, recruits in these services refer to their drill instructors using their ranks or roles followed by their last names. Gender identifiers prime recruits to think about or visually search for a drill instructor's gender first before their rank or role. So you don't want to say sir or ma'am because it means you're noticing their gender first. Oh, my gosh. Colonel Howard Hall, who is the chief of staff of the Marine Corps Training and Educational Command, told Defense Advisory Committee on Women in the Services this month that the radical change was being considered by leadership. According to the report, this proposal is one of a half dozen recommendations the Marines' entry-level training advisory council is considering. This is just the latest example of wokeness inflecting our military. Think about that. The military. The Marines, yo. The Marines. These dudes are coming in to raise holy hell. Like, you don't want to see these dudes. Like, it's a bad day for you if you run into one of these dudes on the other side of the world. It's a bad day for everybody. It's a bad day for people who met you once in a bar seven years ago. Okay? We come to town. You got a big problem, man. That's how this works. That's how we save the world. We didn't save the world focusing on hurt feelings. We saved the world by opening up the largest can of whip ass in the history of the human race. We saved the world, dude. All of the things they yell and scream at you about, about Nazis and white supremacy, okay, none of that exists anymore. It doesn't exist in this country anyway. It doesn't exist. We're the most tolerant and inclusive society the world has ever known. Is it happening in other parts of the world? Yeah. Okay, but it would be happening in every part of the world if our guys, our men, our dudes, our bros, our sirs, and yes, some ma'ams who are in positions to help as well, didn't go over there and just open it up. And you understand that's what we did. That's who we are. That's why we occupy the position we do in the world. It might not always be pretty to think about. It's war. It's horrific. But that's why we owe veterans as much as we do. That's why most of us in the know have the reverence we do for the service they gave. Okay, that's why a lot of us don't look at Memorial Day or Veterans Day as a furniture sale. Okay, as a chance to get out to the Hamptons. Peach Bellini's with my squad. Come on, Pete Booty Judge. Pete Booty Judge is pathetic. Good gosh. I'm just saying, man. This is a sad moment when you hear things like this going on because they're literally fighting the wrong battle. Okay, our job again and again and again is to live up to the hype of being the fiercest fighting machine the world has ever known. The reason we have the title, the reason we're the world's greatest superpower, yes, it's capitalism, and it's given us the money and the wherewithal to get stuff done. But the real reason is we're walking around with the belt of the spoon on earth. You know, if you grew up in a house where your parents had a belt or a spoon, and if you got out of line, they went and got the belt of the spoon. Folks, that's us, okay? We got the belt and the spoon down the hall. Oh, uh, Saddam Hussein's acting up. Hey, go get my belt. You know what I'm saying? Somebody's getting out of hand. Oh, go get the spoon, okay? We got to straighten this out, you know? And that's what we do. That's who we are. That's the gig. And when your parents reach for the belt of the spoon, they're not worried about hurting your feelings, okay? You might be worried about hurting theirs because, man, they might swing that thing a little bit harder. (laughs) But the point is we need a world that fears the belt and the spoon. And when the guy wielding the belt of the spoon can be offended by a reference to his gender, I promise you we're not feared the way we used to be. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. 
It's the war movie that's got critics praising its inclusiveness. Introducing Woke Metal Jacket. Iron Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, your senior drill instructor. The Pentagon is tired of having nothing but tough men in the Marine Corps. You gotta be s*** me, Joker. So they're relaxing standards to make it easier for other types of soldiers. Sound off like you got a pair. Any military can focus on hurting their enemies, but only the American military can focus on hurt feelings. Are you shook up? Are you nervous? Woke Metal Jacket. Good night, ladies. Now playing in Washington and coming soon to a losing war near you. Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. Oh, yes, he is coming to town. Assuming you're a good kid. You're not a dirtbag like my son. Shut your mouth. I kid. Lincoln Fail is going to be here later today to close the show. He is calling in from school. Jenny Fail is going to be in studio as well. Charles McBee coming up next. But right now, Bill is on the line in Dayton, Nevada. Yo, Bill. Hey, Jimmy. My man. Hey, you know what? You know what? I, I just, uh, as normal, I was listening to you here on the way to work, uh, and I couldn't believe this. I mean, I moved away from from uh, the Camp Pendleton area mm-hmm. in in 2019. We moved to Nevada, out of California, mm-hmm. and you know I served in the Marine Corps from 1970 to 1976. Wow. First recon. Wow, that's incredible. So badass. I mean, what is this coming to? I, I today, when I, I own a record shop here in Dayton, I to this day. When men and women come into my shop, well, well, I don't know. I don't know if you can call them men and women anymore. (laughs) I I do. When they come into the shop, I address them as ma'am or sir. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course you do because you're not a crazy person. (laughs) I just don't know where this is going to, Jimmy. Well, it's not going towards victory when you hear things like this being prioritized. Because the rest of the world, I just promise you, the rest of the world ain't doing this. They're not sitting around in China or in Russia or anywhere else. No. no. And you know that. And to be clear, you know, I, I think as a guy who you said 70 to 76, you're in first recon. And thank you for that because it's amazing. Okay. But on some level, I'm sure you got there and were like, holy hell, this is intense. But I'm sure you left there realizing why it was in- as intense as it was, Right. Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. I mean, uh, I got there. You know, we dropped in out of, uh, out of our uh, support troop, mm-hmm. and you know, being uh, I was uh, one of the smaller guys in, mm-hmm. in my patrol, so I was the guy that that they called a tunnel rat. Oh wow! So I had to go down in any of these tunnels to find out what the hell was going on. I, you know, I can't imagine. You know, the world, the rest of the world hasn't changed. Nope. What happens if we've got that same stuff going on again? That's that's the issue. We have people They're They're using like academia and they're using this, you know, this woke weaponized wokeness against us. Like this is something that was put into our country by our enemies. It, you know, they sell this as like tolerance and inclusion. But these ideas didn't start here. They started in places that want to harm us. Hey, if we can get these guys ideologically scattered and we can get them to fight the wrong battles, we can weaken them from within. 
And, you know, Ronald Reagan famously said that, you know, America is not going to be taken out from the outside. It gets taken out from the inside. It's a slow rot. And, uh, you know, the hope is, you know, they say necessity is the mother of invention. You know, the hope is whatever makes it necessary for us to get our heads out of our butts uh, is not going to be too extreme. But there is a day coming where people are going to get out of bed and understand we can't do this. We've got bigger fish to fry than hurt feelings. I don't know, Bill. I might have to send you back and make you a commander or something. Would you come out of retirement, put the records down for a few weeks? For sure. My man. For sure. My man. My they. My them. Uh, Merry Christmas, buddy. I really appreciate you being a part of this. Thank you for your service. We'll do it again soon in 2023. Charles McBee is going to try to make sense of the madness when we come back on Fox Across America. We wanted to try something different. We're like, you know, Christmas is here. Nobody ever hears the Mariah Carey song. Like, when are we going to give her a chance? Get this show a little play. You know what I mean? So you're welcome, America. We stepped up to the plate when it mattered most, and we freed All I Want for Christmas is You, because you've only heard this song this holiday season, I would say, I don't know, 6.7 trillion times. No, but it is. It's popular for a reason. People do like it. It's catchy. It's infectious. Is it the greatest Christmas song uh, of all time? (laughs) The greatest Christmas song of all time. And you don't even hear it on the radio because I just think it's too primal for the rest of the world. But the greatest Christmas song of all time is Santa Claus is Back in Town by Elvis. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. And it's, it's real raw. It opens the White Christmas album. I told Bill Hemmer this. I changed his life. Don't need no reindeer, no sack on my back. You're going to see me coming in a big black Cadillac. It's the king of rock and roll. And that's the leather jumpsuit, Elvis. I mean, this is a primal, raw Christmas song. I mean, I can go deeper. I can give you some deep cuts. But Mariah Carey, it's the best. You know what it is? It's the best Christmas song if you're, like, shopping because it's on in every store in America. It's all over the radio. I'm sure it's down at the Borgata where our next guest is right now, taking a timeout. When you go to the Borgata, they give you a card so you can eat at their employee cafe. It's called Manja. And if I know this next guest well, he has a suitcase full of desserts and food. Joining us now in search of a plastic fork, comedian Charles McBee. Hey, man. Hey, I'm living like a king. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Rodney King. <laughs> you get, it gets those are rough comedy crowds in Jersey. <laughs> they get rough. Merry oh, Christmas, man. Wild. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry man. Christmas. Bro. Did Merry did Christmas. did you hit Manja yet to get your uh, employee grub? I definitely did. I, it was the first <laughs> stop I made. I couldn't get there fast enough. Like you understand? You understand? Comedians, do we don't care. We don't expect to get paid anyway. So whenever <laughs> we get money, it's a shock. But we do expect to get, like, a drink ticket and maybe a French fry. And then we, that's how That's, that's, that's how so funny. Dan, the late great Dan Vitale had this bit where he goes, uh, yeah, you know, I, I call up my agent about the gig. I'm like, hey, Raj, uh, you know, how much How much does gig pay? And he's like, uh, you know, 253 Listen, you fat f- how about you lop up as much sausage and peppers as you can? <laughs> I don't know. 
know how many more of these I can throw together for you. And it always made well, you, me laugh. Well, you know what's fun about the cafeteria and the casino? I'm sure we'll get to other stuff. But you know what's fun is that when you go down there, you're seeing everybody. It's like going behind the scenes yes. of, like, Disney World or something. Yes. All these characters are sitting there eating their chicken fingers and soup. Yeah. You know, these blackjack dealers are sitting <laughs> by themselves. The security is over at another table. The 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 girl. What are the girls called? The the, uh, the cocktail waitresses, the show the cocktail girls. Waitresses, yeah, they're sitting mm-hmm. each other. It's like high school. It's like <laughs> high school, and you dare not go near the cool kids. It's very strange. It's and wild. and to be clear, the cool kids are not the entertainers. No, it's the cocktail <laughs> like, waitress. Yeah, of course it is. Everybody else is like out of my way. Oh, you're the guy on the show. Oh yeah, I saw you on the marquee. Get out of the way. Pass me a yeah. roll. That's so true. Exactly. The only time we've ever been cool in a casino, well, I've been as a gambler because I've had some real high highs and some low lows, certainly. But uh, we did get a pretty imposing armed escort through the tunnels at the Red Rocks Casino in Las Vegas, did we not? That's true. That's true. It was it was pretty impressive, even though they got lost and didn't know where the hell they were taking and, us. And admitted. But we felt very safe. <laughs> But, oh, yeah. No, no. They had guns I've never even heard of. I was like, what is yeah. going on? I'm like, what kind of crowd is coming to see us that you have this much artillery? Remember the gun? The thing is, it's your crowd. So they were also armed. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, what are we worried about here? That's really yeah. funny. Comedian Charles McBee is on the line. He's joining us live from the Borgata down in Atlantic City. Uh, how many nights are you there? Only a couple. I go home. Well, hopefully go home tomorrow if, if this storm doesn't say oh. otherwise. Oh, Oh yeah, my God! But hopefully, only a couple, couple nights. Home is Toledo, Ohio, for Charles. Just so everybody knows, do you know that I spent last Saturday night in Toledo? No, I did not know that. Oh, you and the great Jen Taylor. Yeah. So the way it went down is we were at Summit City out in Fort Wayne, Summit City Comedy Club, fantastic club, best crowds of my life. Everybody's just wonderful, right? Me and Jenny, yeah. you know, we like to drive cross country in the middle of the night. It's just fun for us. So we left there last week at midnight, seven hundred mile drive home. And uh, 100 miles into the ride, uh, one of the tires had, like, a serious leak. And oh, man. we had to pull over, spend the night in Toledo in hopes of getting the tire fixed in the morning. Uh, I'm not going to belabor the point because I'm sure I'm going to talk about it with Jenny in the next hour. But uh, for your viewing pleasure, my Bronco, if you happen to get out there tomorrow and still need it, my Bronco is in the state of Ohio right now. <laughs> it is The Bronco, as Jenny's dad said, is tied up in the barn. Uh, it needed a new tire. It ultimately needed a new windshield as well because in the process of losing a tire, uh, a bolt hit the windshield, cracked it about four inches, and then as the cold intensified, the crack got bigger. And uh, by the time we didn't get to her parents' house, <laughs> we had to abort the mission and fly out of Dayton. It was pretty wild stuff. So, Well, listen, it yeah. might need a new tire and a new wheel, but if I'm in it, I'm going to need a new alibi. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Charles McBee was house-sitting over the summer. Uh, well, the failures were on the West Coast, and uh, I have a white Bronco. And you, as a black man, uh, it's a brave thing to do, got into my white Bronco and went cruising, and it really was like an OJ reenactment. Did the police follow you at 12 miles an hour? It was great. It was me. It was only it was me driving in Bixby in the back seat. It was this time. <laughs> Just, instead of AC, you had Bixby? Hey, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it was wild. It was wild. Well, give me a little Christmas, and then I'll hit you with one thing of substance. My producer, Mikey, 
who's like a third grade intellect. Delightful guy, bad drinking habit. Uh, hell of a guy in a strip club, though, to be clear. Uh, Mikey put together a list of the top ten Christmas movies. Mikey, you can get on the mic if you feel the need to defend yourself. Josh, you're certainly welcome to weigh in as well. According to Mikey, and I'll go around the horn on this, is Jim Carrey's How the Grinch Stole Christmas the number one Christmas movie ever? No, come on. Josh. Are you kidding me? Josh. He is out of his mind. <laughs> Wow, seriously? Come on, guys. <laughs> I agree with that. Mikey, yes. what, what brings you to this? Do you like the silly Jim Carrey faces? What, what, how I old, just love his performance in that movie. It's how, a great performance. How is this old, the first movie you ever saw? Is that it? <laughs> One of the first in theaters? Yes, actually. But. Mikey, we love you. Don't have your feelings hurt. We're just No, I don't care. Time. Yeah. It's a Wonderful Life number two. I get it. The sentiment it saves the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. But, McBee, if it was made today, wouldn't it be called It's a Wonderful Life, so check your privilege? Yes, it would be. No, actually, it would It would be the whole movie would be canceled because I only remember, like, one black person in the whole thing. Oh, yeah, that's gone. Like, yeah, that, no, this... like, like, no, we need some trans. We need some LGBT. We need some, <laughs> uh, we need some L's in here. We need some. We got some pluses. There's not a single two-spirit person in the film. Uh, but it's a, but it's still Mikey, a respectable two. Josh, would you give that this is a respectable number two? Yeah, Wonderful Life is perfectly fine. Okay, thank in you. In any top five. All right, Mikey's bronze medal right, winner, Fred Claus. Fred Claus, what do you give it, Josh? I, I it's not even the best Vince Vaughn Christmas movie, and that's a really low bar. McBee, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Fred Claus, or are you Fred a four Claus. Christmases man? Because I think that's what Josh uh, is alluding to. Lord have mercy. I fre- I forgot. I when you first said Fred Claus, I was thinking maybe one of the Tim Allens, but no, you're that's the Vince Vaughn one. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah. Oh, yep. God. Mikey. This is, this is, this is horrible. This is horrible. <laughs> 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 Mikey. Oh, McBee just went full Obama and, and he said There are white folks and then there are ignorant mother <laughs> like you. Wow. Shots fired. <laughs> Uh, it po- actually makes me question your childhood. Like, I, I'm, I'm wow. concerned now. <laughs> <laughs> it gets better. Don't worry. Oh, <laughs> uh, Polar Express is four, which, again, it is. Like I said, Mikey does live in a – he's a brilliant guy, but he lives in a perpetual state of arrested development. He's like my mom. My mom is a functioning child, and she's 70 years old. Mikey yeah. puts uh, Polar Express four. Is that what you say, Mikey? Uh, which yeah. I think should be top five if you're five years old. No, but um, you have to right. realize that these movies came out, like, when I was a kid. Yeah, so, no, I know. Yeah. So they resonate. Yeah, like, yeah. No, Lincoln likes these movies. I'm not bagging on you. <laughs> not at all. Like I said, you have the same sensibility at 26 that my son had at five. Oh, um, and you probably had at five. Rudolph is good. Uh, Rudolph is five, McBee. You can mess with Rudolph, right? Um, Rudolph is good. It's up there. It's good. Okay. And Mikey, you made this list. So don't look at me like I'm no, coming at you. Okay. No, you got Josh, can you, you, you stick with the claymation, Rudolph? Is that respectable? Yeah, that that one's tops out of out of all the specials. All right, but let's just make let's just cut to the chase here. Mikey made a top ten list. McBee, a yeah. Christmas story does not make the list. But which one then? What? You know, what do you mean which one? Which one? Wait, wait, a Christmas. Oh, I thought you said a Christmas Carol. I'm sorry. No, oh. <laughs> a Christmas story. Ralphie the Red Rider BB gun. Not a huge fan of that movie. Mikey, it's the best movie ever. It's like a great Jimmy, movie. Cut him some slack. He's 26 years old for crying out loud, all right? <laughs> <laughs> There's no, I even, I can even, I'll give him some slack. There's no way anybody born after 1986 is resonating with that movie. That's even not though it true. Comes on, even though it comes on 12 times a day on TBS, <laughs> they just see it as a backdrop. It's like white noise to them on, on the TV, oh, but God. it's not something that they actually 
a lot of, a lot of us a lot of a lot of us are hearing black noise right now to be clear <laughs> i love it i i love the movie thank you I, i'm also an old part like you okay. 26 year olds are not watching a christmas story okay I, fair I, I, I get it. well listen though understand though because all of that rationale holds up and then you until you realize like his number eight is miracle on 34th street which was made 150 years ago no, his his probably his version stars like Jamie Foxx. Of, of <laughs> <laughs> That's a black Santa. Oh, it's yeah, very modern. It's a it's a non-binary yeah, Santa. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> goofy remake that stupid Hollywood wants to put out to make money. Some questionable, some questionable choices is all I'll say. Mikey, Mikey did a phenomenal job. Elf Mandelis, come on. Elf, yeah. well, Elf. Yeah. That's the one about Greg Gutfeld. <laughs> the, uh, that's not bad and he has of course santa claus is coming to town which santa josh santa claus coming to town is that claymation yeah that was uh they use a lot of the same sound effects you yeah, know yeah. rankin bash just is like yeah. you know we created these 20 sounds we're just going to put them right back out. <laughs> a lot of doinks and whoop, a lot of yep. slide whistles yep. stuff like that uh mcbee what is the number one christmas movie of all time if you had to watch one what is the one? Because for me, it is Christmas story. But like I, like you said, maybe it's because it resonates with my age. But is there a well, go-to? You're, you're asking me for me personally yeah. or just a general for you, overall? For you personally. For, for, you. for me personally, personally, I have a great affection and affinity for Scrooge starring okay. the great Bill Murray. That's I fair. I think it's a perfect comedy. Uh, it's a perfect movie, and it, it uh, gets me every time. But if I want to go less comedy and more sentimental with the comedy trains planes and automobiles starring oh, the legendary yeah. that's right steve martin and john candy oh that's such a great movie so, and it great. never makes any of the lists and it is it's like a home for the holidays isn't it funny that if home alone was made today the parents would get arrested for criminal negligence <laughs> they absolutely would the, <laughs> the movie ends with them in handcuffs he's just hanging out with joe pesci josh what's the number one the number one for me in the uh, Harmon House. I, I would definitely, you know, Wonderful Life is up there. Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas is up there. Yes, you have to yep. go with those each and every time. Yeah, yeah, and also Lampoons. Oh yeah, Christmas like, like vacation. We, bro- we broke that one out Black Friday this year. It's just <laughs> right out of the gate, we're going right into the Christmas stuff, and uh-huh. that was the leadoff. Here. That's no, that's fair. Let me ask you this, because uh, you know I, I I hold Meg Harmon in the highest regard, but she does have the potential to fall a few points in my eyes here, depending on the answer to this question. Does she make you watch Love Actually three times in December? In December? Uh-huh. I, I I prefer December. It's when we're watching it in June that I, I want to off myself. <laughs> Get around. I'm like, Get you can't be serious here. again? Really? <laughs> so can I tell you a funny story? Jenny was just like Meg. Jenny went through the Love Actually phase hard. We used to watch it all the time. And McBee, uh, in 2010... Specifically, Christmas 2010, um, it's Christmas night in our house, and we were getting ready uh, in the middle of the night, you know, go to bed for five hours, drive out to Ohio, as we always do. Jenny has me watching Love Actually. Lincoln is fast asleep in bed. He comes walking out of his bedroom in his onesie, like 40 minutes into the movie, throws up all over himself, and with a straight face... I said to Jenny, I'm like, this is the best moment I've ever had watching this movie. And like, <laughs> and she got it because we had to pause it. She had to clean up the kid. And I guess I said it with a level of truth that really did at least make her self-conscious about what women are doing with Love Actually because they're abusing the movie. Are they not, Josh? 
Uh, very much so. It, it was very close. One of the one of the theme music songs almost came into play for a wedding dance. It was that close. Oh, my. No. Come on. Mikey, are you a Love Actually guy? No. You got to pretend to be if you want to start, you know, picking up the ladies. Yeah, you'll pick hey, it up eventually. Yeah, you're right. going to watch a lot of Love Actually when your ship sails in. <laughs> it's not right. It shouldn't happen. McBee, were you ever uh, stuck in one of those relationships? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I saw Love Actually. It was it was like a one and done. I was like, all right, this was a thing. There was an actress in there. I forget. I think she played like the maid or something that was super hot, smoking mm-hmm. hot. But other than that, I the I, chubby I, I girl, the chubby yeah. girl. Listen, <laughs> 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 I like a little meat on the bone. Yo, oh, yes, he does. McBee loves a good Charlie Brown Christmas tree. He likes. Uh, <laughs> does he right. ever? No, nothing wrong no, with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I haven't ventured back into the love, actually, phase. No, no, it's for your own protection and safety, uh, that movie. Yeah. It's, a, it's a lot. And it's funny because, like, the uh, director, he was leading the charge this month because everybody is apologizing for their old movies now because they want to get right. ahead of a backlash down the road. So, you know, like Spielberg, if you saw it, he apologized for giving sharks a bad rap in Jaws. And I'm like, yo, Spielberg, yeah. nobody liked sharks before Jaws. Like, there wasn't this world where, like, people were, you know, Oh, look, kids, a fin in the water. Let's go. And people were always scared of sharks. But anyway, he apologized because he thought it was going to be a backlash. The director of Love actually apologized because he said the cast wasn't diverse enough. What did I tell you? Um, what did you tell me? No, I'm just saying. It's like it's a wonderful life. I love it. It's, yeah, oh, yeah, totally. It's the same thing. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. Same thing. But I was like, oh, dude, people didn't like Love Actually because of the cast, okay? The reason Love Actually succeeded is because women liked the movies and guys played along because they wanted to get laid. Bottom right. line, that's love. Actually, that's that should be on the back of the. It should be on the back of the DVD. Okay, you get it, McBee. Uh, we got to go work on Mikey's movie list. I know you've got a meal card to go abuse. Uh, Merry Christmas! I hope you make it out to Ohio, man. Listen, you know, fingers crossed. But either way, I'll just barter down right here at the Borgata and charge it to the Mazzillis. So it'd be great. <laughs> Listen, I'd offer you a ride, but I don't have a truck right now. <laughs> we'll work it out. <laughs> Good stuff, man. I'll see you in twenty twenty three. All right, peace. There he goes. There we go. Back after this. You're listening to Santa's fearless little helper. He's a revolutionary. He goes out there and says like it is and, and, he, and, and tries to make things better. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You are listening to the final live minute of 2023 from me, Mikey, and Josh. In the next hour, I'll still be on the air. But Mikey and Josh skipping town for the holiday. Jenny Fela and Lincoln Fela holding down the fort with little old me for an hour. This could be a problem. I don't know. Did Fox agree to this or do they not know what's happening, guys? Because I don't know that this this is a really dicey moment in the history of this show. I mean, it was good you held it off and didn't tell them until just now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone from engineering is about to sprint down the hall and tackle you guys before you can leave. But in the next hour, which very well could be the final hour in the history of the show, Jenny Fela is going to bat leadoff in the first half here in studio. And then the link man will check in from school uh, to round it out on our final live broadcast of 2022. It's going to be a wild one. Stick around because it might be your very last chance to do exactly that. Uh, But if you are disappearing in the meantime, Merry Christmas and the happiest new year. Allowable by law. Jenny Fallon, Lincoln Fallon, myself, the Jackson 3, together in the next hour on Fox Across America. 
Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. A big Christmas send-off here on Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. I tell you all the time, if you listen to the show every day, you are not a fan of the show. You are a friend of the show. You are a part of my family, uh, including my you know nuclear family that I will share with you in this hour. Lincoln Fallon, the demon spawn, going to join us to wrap things up. Uh, he'll be cutting class to call in from school. But joining me now in studio, the woman who got me home from Fort Wayne alive, against all odds, I think would agree, uh, the love of my life, Jenny Fallon, my wife. Hey, girl. Hi. Um, we did it. We did it. Just barely. <laughs> now, that applies to everything. Yeah, that's true. That, the, just so many things, like surviving <laughs> the beginnings of this marriage, which, oh, yeah. let's be clear, you were a lot to deal with. Oh, yep, it was me. <laughs> I was the one. I'm sure your listeners really think that I was the one. Folks, but everyone needs to know this, okay? <laughs> you hear my family on the radio, me and Jenny, like, we're legitimately, like, with Lincoln, and you've met us on the road, we're, like, very happy people. Mm-hmm. But I think when we got married, like, we always joke the over-under in Vegas was two and a half years. Yeah. I think we bet the under. <laughs> <laughs> On some level, did you not? After the week leading up to our wedding, think there, we there was the- a lot of transition and a lot of getting used to yeah. new things. Moving, yeah, yeah, the moving from Ohio to New York. It was very and, traumatizing yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah. There, a lot went on. Okay, but the point is, <laughs> Jenny and I, the one thing we're always good at is handling adversity. Our yeah. whole lives have been adversity. Whether we had to travel back and forth 600 miles to see each other in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, then there was the fact that I had to make do with the idea of living with a woman who just can't keep her hands off. Yeah. Like, I, I knew can't something get, was coming. I could yeah, see I, your face. I can't get anything done. There's nothing. <laughs> I got to work. I'm on like, Jenny, not now. Not now. Yeah. Jenny, I'm not I a piece of meat. Guilty. Uh, but no, the point is, um, you know, we were broke driving taxis and living in the city. We moved seven times yes. when this first started. Mm-hmm. So it's really bizarre, but I always feel like because of all the tumult and the beginnings of this family, uh, that when things go sideways, we're actually at our best. Yes. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, totally. I try to tell people this all the time. Me and you fight two times a year, and it's always on vacation. <laughs> yes. We don't. If when the, the house, sun is shining and no. it's gorgeous and there's yeah. nothing wrong. People are shooting money at us out of a T-shirt gun <laughs> and feeding us and fanning us grapes. And we're like, this we're not sucks. used to it. We're out of our element. Yes. That's what it is. We're so used to the blitz. <laughs> we're used to the blitz. So, you know, when things go sideways, it's weird because we become a better version of ourselves. Uh, if the house was on fire, we would slow dance on the front lawn. Totally. I mean, you might work to put it out. You're kind of the That's chore person. You're true. kind of the chore person. I would watch <laughs> while the Italian men on the block would be like, what the hell is this? That's my favorite thing on our old block. The guys used to just give you such a hard time because I'd be out mowing the lawn, <laughs> trimming the bushes, doing their like, what's your, what's your husband doing? Is he inside? <laughs> is, he, is he sitting there eating grapes one by one, getting fanned? It was my favorite thing. <laughs> Shoveling snow. Yes. Our Italian neighbor, Mike, he couldn't make peace with the fact that I married a farm girl who wanted to do stuff. So Jenny would be like on the roof, you know, for real. She's like replacing shingles on the house, and yep. Mike would be apoplectic. Oh, yeah. You're not a man. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm working hard. I'm doing a lot of things. But he was out, outraged. But I bring up the adversity and our ability to, to encounter some of it head on, uh, because this past weekend we were in Fort Wayne, mm-hmm. uh, Summit City Comedy Club, which, by the way, I mean, I, I'm assuming you give it an A+. Plus. It oh, was a, what a, a club. Plus. It was great. You know, my favorite thing about it was, you know, I liked the staff. Liz, who managed the club, was great. Oh, wonderful. But I actually liked the stage. 
yeah. the way it reminded me of in if you remember the Elvis 68 comeback special he's on this like the stage and the audience is like literally on top of it on all sides yeah and it's kind of a cool feeling yeah. like that's the yeah. closest I'll come to being a cabaret singer <laughs> you know what I mean I mean I'm not Elvis I have the fat Elvis body but yeah no. I wasn't quite Elvis but yeah. I'm doing better I've, right. I've had a pretty healthy December but the point is we have this banner weekend in Fort Wayne where we, crowds are like flat out amazing like I really I mean it though it's like such an, a ma- magical time to be me and I'm like uh, overflowing with gratitude but when the late show ended Saturday a mm-hmm. show that ends with the audience singing happy birthday yeah ho- ho- very so cute, sweet very cute moment mm-hmm. but they were horrible let's be clear <laughs> well it nobody was... nobody sings a good group happy birthday it's true Have you ever heard a good like <laughs> and if they were good I would be so weirded out by it if they were like harmonizing and hey did anyone get that on tape to be, it's not supposed really to be good, good. Yeah. Not, yeah our family sings happy birthday it's like a shtick yeah it sounds like they escaped from a home they do it really bad yeah. on purpose happy birthday yeah. that whole thing so we have this really sweet moment on stage at the Summit City Comedy Club. We hug it out. One of my childhood friends, Stephen Florio, was at the Late Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen Florio, who took us out for some local barbecue, that I got to be honest, uh, didn't quite agree with my body. A uh, <laughs> little bit of an afternoon on Saturday, but uh, as we get through the comedy club, we rough it up. Uh, Jenny and I jump in the truck and the Bronco as we are mm-hmm. wont to do. We do a lot of overnight driving. It's the easiest time. Yeah, and it started when Lincoln was a baby because we wanted him to sleep through the trip from New York to Ohio yep. so he wouldn't resent going there. Yeah. Um, and we would. We'd just get on the road at like 10 at night, drive till 8 in the morning, and Lincoln would wake up like we owned a time machine. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, well, in this instance, Saturday night, uh, we had the Bronco gassed up, packed up, ready to go. Mm-hmm. And this is such a crazy story. <laughs> I've told it a few times now, but in the process of getting from uh, Fort Wayne home, uh, we were interrupted at the 100-mile mark by... A low tire indicator, mm-hmm. low tire pressure. Yep. So we get over. It's, it's like four degrees. We fill up the tire. We drive about three miles. What happens? Goes right back down. Tire goes right back down. So we're like, okay, this is like officially not like a cold air thing. This mm-hmm. is a leak in the tire. So we pull over in Toledo, Ohio, get a yep. hotel, much to my chagrin, because now I'm sharing a bed with this woman again, which is, <laughs> I don't get rest, folks. You see me on TV all the time. Help, folks, Enough. help. Anyway, stick with me. <laughs> So we wake up early Sunday morning. We're like, ah, you know, we'll go out here in Toledo and, you know, we'll get the tire fixed. It, somebody will be open. Somebody, somebody will be open it. Yeah. <laughs> somebody will be there when their hours are posted that they're open on a Sunday. Uh-uh. <laughs> we, went, we went to uh, a local chain. We're not going to out them. Yeah. That was supposed to open at 9. Yep. Uh, an employee waltzed in at 9.15. By mm-hmm. 9.40, they still weren't doing business. Yeah. The door was locked. Not answering the phone. So we Googled some <laughs> local tire repairs. Jenny basically found uh, Pedro's <laughs> older brothers from Napoleon Dynamite. Remember the two Spanish guys with the gold chain and yeah. the low rider? Yeah. She took us to a garage. <laughs> <laughs> he was the only guy. In my defense, he was the only one that answered the phone. Jenny called. <laughs> we were desperate. And he's like, yeah, come on down. But he did not listen to anything. All he heard was a girl was coming over because we went to this local garage in Toledo. Has no name, no sign. It was clearly an auto place. Yeah. But it had bars over the windows. Right. And you know when there's actually no sign, but they just hand paint. Yeah. And none of the letters match. Yeah. And it's like different colors of each letter is a different color. <laughs> It was drips, so, drips. So, there's, so so we get initiated into the Bloods and the Crips, oddly enough, because <laughs> they both run the same gang out there in Toledo. But no, we, uh, we, we're standing in the parking lot of this place that's clearly been condemned by the Board of Health like three years ago, oh, yeah. but has refused to quit doing business. Mm-hmm. And, and I, what I consider to be the low point of my adult cognitive ability, I do knock on you this do? boarded up door. <laughs> 
because we're so desperate to get home because I got to be on America's Newsroom the next day. Can I tell blah. you, I did take a picture of that just for evidence if we needed it. <laughs> I couldn't believe I knocked on the door. <laughs> like, God forbid he answered. What was I going I to know, do? I know. It was unbelievable. If I answered, he was going to grab me by the shirt and pull me into some underworld. Uh-huh. I was going to meet a guy called El Presidente <laughs> who ran like the underground vice in Toledo. Well, anyway, uh, he did not answer the door. Why? Because the guy went to the door. If the girl who had called him yeah, that's had true. answered the door, oh, you were getting help, Jenny. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, uh, we, we can't. <laughs> we leave. Okay. We leave. We then go to a good year. And uh, very polite guys, a good year. Explain that the puncture in our tire is unrepairable because it's on the side of the of the seat yeah, of the tread, basically. The and they can't warranty that and put you back on the road in good faith. With a plug, right. So at this point, we have no option. There are custom tires on the Bronco because I'm fancy. I'm a big TV diva. <laughs> and uh, we decide up in Toledo that we're going to drive 110 miles south to Jenny's parents' house at which point we'll drop off the Bronco for repair when we get back for Christmas this week and fly home from Dayton. Mm-hmm. Now, there's only one small problem. The tire can only hold air for about 10 miles yep. at a shot. So Jenny and I, from Toledo to uh, Wapakoneta, would you say pulled over eight times? At least. We pulled over Might have been eight, nine. maybe yeah. eight or nine times to refill the tire mm-hmm. and then watch the gauge go back down from 38 PCIs to, you yep. know, PSIs to 22 to 11 to get off the road. Mm-hmm. So in the process of filling it up around fill-up number four, we noticed that a tiny crack in my windshield <laughs> because of the cold has yep. expanded across the and whole now shattered thing. the entire windshield. Yep. So we have a, a completely shattered windshield. We have about 50 miles to go in the drive. Mm-hmm. We fill up about three more times. Yep. Okay. Making it to the home stretch, which yeah. is Jenny will be at your parents' house in 20 minutes. Yep. Here we go yep. again. Jenny and I fill up the, the tire. As we're cruising south on Route 75, we're in Crytersville, I believe. Crytersville, yeah. So probably eight miles from yes, your parents. Yeah, about yeah. eight miles from your parents. We hear the rock dislodge from the uh-huh. tire. Jenny's like, what's that noise? I'm like, oh, that's the end of the trip, Jenny. <laughs> and to my credit, the cab driver and me mm-hmm. downshifted, yep. you know, got into the right lane, rolled right off the highway, no panic, no nothing. No. But as we rolled off the exit ramp, we literally watched the PSIs and the tire go to zero. Mm-hmm. And it's physically hit zero as I threw the car in park at the Casey's gas station in Crytersville. Yep. At which point we call up your parents. Yep. They come and fetch us, leaving behind the Bronco. Yep. They drive us to the Dayton Airport, which is the most glorious place oh. you could ever hope to fly is in your it life. Not? Oh. No, there's like three people there. It's yep. great. I was the TSA guy. I had to actually <laughs> preview my own license and passport. But uh, we go to TSA. We hang out at Max and Irma's. We have a glorious lunch. We watch the Steelers game. We have a couple of drinks. Point being, we got home from Fort Wayne to New York. Uh, it required three cars, <laughs> one plane, mm-hmm. okay, eight fills of the tire, a shattered windshield, and I've never loved you more. <laughs> no, but I, I know. We'll never, we never, I mean, nobody, nobody handles the blitz better than us. Yep. I mean, it's the one thing we do well. That's true. Everything else needs help. Yeah. Bad. Like, for real. Subpar. I, I knew it was up when we matched on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> You're on here, too? That's Aww. weird. Ah, Jenny. Jenny Fail is in studio. We're going to talk Christmas. We're going to bring you inside the Fail family when we come back on Fox Across America. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, joined in studio by the franchise QB, Jenny Fallon. We are married 16 years this year. Mm-hmm. Wow. And we've known each other. We met 19 years ago Yeah. on your birthday in Cleveland. 
at Hilarities in Cleveland. You know, I've never played there since. <laughs> I'm not, no, I'm not playing that on you. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> Yeah. Who knows Not what after what time. happened last time. <laughs> <laughs> you think the trip for home from Fort Wayne cost me a lot? Oh, man. A trip from Cleveland in 03 cost me my dignity, my happiness. Uh, it's not uh, true, but Lincoln says that all the time. Oh, he loves like, it. Oh, I used to be so happy. Yeah, married. as if he knew you before. Then he we married. <laughs> so funny. Uh, we uh, we had a banner week in the Fala House this year. We I, I, I can't imagine uh, there's a family in America uh, that had more fun or is more grateful than ours. Yeah. Um, to overlap it with my career and the show, uh, you were on the road with me quite a bit this year. Yeah. Uh, I th- honestly, listen, the highlight was, I think, Tyler, Texas and Longview because me, you and Lincoln did that outrageous, outrageous meet and greet. Oh, that was amazing. Thousands of people, the oh. most wonderful stampeding herd of happiness you could yes. ever hope to be around. Everyone was so nice. Like, like every single person. One person cooler than the other. And you know, you've heard yeah. me say this on the air. Uh, I'm like, I'm so proud, like for real though, that we've cultivated that vibe. Yeah. Because you could have people showing up that are like storming the Capitol totally. and angry. Yeah, we're angry. Not, no. We're not doing that show. No. Uh, which brings me to the Lake of the Ozarks, okay? Because <laughs> there's, they are also a reflection on the type of show we're doing. Yeah. We are absolutely catering to people with serious substance abuse issues. I, High functioning though. Oh yeah. High functioning. Wonderful, wonderful people, but yes. the amount of drinks I was offered. <laughs> was like <laughs> like cult like more than I was offered in college altogether like like combined. really like combined like every We're- every second and I would have a full beer in my hand and still be offered another one I'm like <laughs> I, I can't hold them like, KRMS so nice so KRMS nice. we're talking to you out there <laughs> cowboy Ken we had a I mean honestly we love the venue the encore yeah phenomenal resort great. uh the stage, the crowd, it was outrageous. But for all the jokes I've made about crowds trying to get me drunk and everything, uh-huh. what went on in the Lake of the Ozarks was like a human rights abuse. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. And I got flashed by like a 90-year-old woman. <laughs> Folks, if you haven't heard this story, a woman came up to me during the meet and greet, and she's like, can I give you a hug? And I was like, yeah. She's like, Jenny won't mind? And I was like, of course not. And she goes, well, then can I show you my <laughs> <laughs> So we're stop. looking at her boobs, right? Stop, stop. Not true. We told her to make it fast, but you know, it was a joke, and yeah. she laughed and walked away. But that was probably the rowdiest thing yeah. I, I think you saw this year. Yeah. Uh, for, yeah. for me, too. I mean, we had some rowdy ones. We were at, um, when I was on the road with Mikey, uh, we were in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you know of the famous night at the dollhouse uh, where Mikey, uh, you know, thing about Mikey is, you know, he's on a conservative talk show, but he does support the Democratic policy of wealth redistribution. <laughs> he took my wealth and redistributed it to every woman in the Tampa area. <laughs> I mean, Mikey, commendable that you could dispense that many singles uh, as quickly as you did. And uh, we had a really wild one. Oh, it was Vermont. It was at the Spank Puppy. I was on VMT this morning with Kurt and, uh, and Anthony. We were. Uh, at the Spank Puppy, that was an outdoor party, mm-hmm. and every Republican in Vermont showed up. So we're talking 27 people. I was just going to say how many. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was amazing because it was like we teleported because, you know, when you we, we had this joke when me, you, and Lincoln had that summer v- vacation in Vermont, mm-hmm. the cops stopped us for driving without a Subaru. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you don't have a coexist bumper sticker on the back. <laughs> I hate has no home here. Well, anyway, at the Spank Puppy, it's like we drove uh, up to the gig, and it was exactly what you'd expect it to be. 
be Subaru, Prius, whatever. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, we made a left, and there was just Dodge Rams, F-150s. Yeah, Dodge Rams like yours. As far as the eye could see, flags. Nobody had sleeves on. It was amazing. Excellent. I've I've never felt more at home. Yeah. You know, and I always say this to people. Like, uh, everybody, I know so many people that work in media and all persuasions. If you were going to party with the fans of a TV network... There is no network you'd party with besides Fox News. Hands down. Do you imagine going to an MSNBC party? They're yelling at you because you made guacamole and it's cultural appropriation. Like, wait, what? (laughs) Uh, But it's so funny because, like, every one of these events, one after the other, um, and it just goes for everywhere we were. I mean, we were everywhere. We were in Vegas. We were in Utica. um, We were in Florida. um, I can't even remember. We were in Ottawa, Iowa. We were in uh, Tulsa. We were in Oklahoma City. We were in um, Enid, Oklahoma. We were everywhere this year, Mm -hmm. like literally everywhere. And um, one crowd after the other, it's the one thing I can say to everybody listening is you actually do feel like you're a part of something. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like me and you were there as like guests of honor that were like celebrities. No. By any stretch. I really felt at every one of these turns uh, like we were just part of a gang. Yeah. It's the coolest thing about what we're doing, and I'm proud of that. It is so cool. And people will come up and just talk to you, and you you kind of forget like in your day-to-day, at least for me, that they know all about yes. Lincoln and I because you talk about us. So yes. they'll come up and they'll ask me something about like something you said, uh-huh. like how's this, how's it? and it's so. I mean, but you do feel like you're just talking to a friend. You and it's are. amazing. Even if you met five seconds earlier, you're like instant friends, and yeah. it's it's wonderful. It is bizarre what we've managed to build this year. So thank you to everybody who was a part of it. And in addition to getting to travel and meet great people, uh, Jenny also gets to see fountains, and Jenny loves. <laughs> Jenny loves a good airport fountain like nobody's business. Only if it's a really good one, though. So LaGuardia Airport LaGuardia Airport, put in this new fountain, um, and it's got holograms. It's it like is the bo- so cool. I know. It is, like, timed to, to music, uh-huh. and it has, like, but, like a hologram, yeah. like, projection on it. Uh-huh. It is really cool. But you can't say it's not cool. It's cool, but me and Lincoln have traveled a little bit more than me and you have this year, and me, you, and Lincoln, so we had seen it, like, three times. Yeah, well, but when we take got me to out the, of the house. But the way it worked, <laughs> the way, well, <laughs> people meet you and they understand. <laughs> Everybody comes to my side of the argument pretty quick. Yeah, you right. get a mom out without a sitter. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's tough to guard. Uh, but me and Lincoln, anywhere we go, it's just an exercise in harassing Jenny within an inch of her yes. life. And from time to time, she'll commit the unforced error of saying something goofy and ridiculous <laughs> so we're in LaGuardia and she's like oh my god this fountain I can't believe you're not into this fountain and like we gave her such a hard time that to their credit the KTBB listeners oh, when so we funny. walked into the meet and greet at Papa Cita's we didn't even get there and just a restaurant goer who wasn't there to meet us right just recognized you and goes hey, hey Jenny look they- we got fountains here too <laughs> 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 it was hilarious. It was really very funny. Fox Across America fans, you are the greatest. Uh, Lincoln Fela is around the corner. Jenny Fela, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Uh, get her out. <laughs> get her out of here. More with Lincoln Fela when we come back on Fox Across America. And the snow is falling on the ground. Yes, I said it's Christmas time for you, baby. And the snow is falling on the ground. I wish I knew the words of the song. I wish I knew the words. I wish I knew the words. I ain't any other words. Oh, Lord, no, 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 no. You can do another one. You can do another one. I ain't got no reindeer. No sack on my back. 
You gonna see me coming? And a big black Cadillac. Hey, 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 it's your radio pal, Jimmy Fallon. Just, uh... Waiting here to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Just have a good fun time out there. That's all Get I him can off say. the microphone. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, my demon spawn, barreling into the studio, Kool-Aid side, Kool-Aid style. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Lincoln Fallon in the house. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Are you fired up for Santa? Yeah. Do you think you're on the good list? I don't know. Do you think you're on the good list? I don't, I don't even have a list at this point. Like, Santa, you know, Santa's just trying to keep me out of the kitchen. That's the If Santa was going to give me a gift this year, it would be sleeping pills so I don't get fat before New Year's. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, son. Well, what are you looking for besides Aaron Judge jerseys that you almost got robbed trying to buy on eBay? Uh, baseball cards. Is that what you're going for this year? Yeah. The Link Man, just so everybody knows, is obviously a huge Yankee fan. You're thrilled that Aaron Judge resigned, right? Yeah. And he's captain. Did you write a letter to Santa asking for a captain's jersey? I don't even think they make him yet because he just got named captain a couple days ago. Oh, dude, for the kind of money they're about to make off of that, believe me. Oh, yeah, the me. big C oh, they the Major League Baseball had the Chinese kids in the factory working extra hours. You were in school today. They were in the factory. Those, those little hands are sewing like the wind right now, Link, man. Uh, are you fired up, though? You're 14. It's a big Christmas. You're in high school now. It's baseball cards. Um... Where were you on Christmas music? I brought you on to a little Elvis, the king of rock and roll, son. Gosh dang, king of rock and roll is what he is, son. <laughs> Ain't nothing like it. Does that, does that sound like one you of the... You gotta appreciate this. This is art, son. What it is. <laughs> does that sound like one of the lectures I would give you when yeah. I was tuned up in the backyard? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So let me ask you this. We didn't have this discussion yet, but me Lincoln is here. It's Christmas. I wanted to share some of my family with yours. And uh, Lincoln's kind of here in addition to celebrating Christmas. This is our last appearance on the show together in 2022. The year is over. You know, the Pretty next much, time yeah. this audience sees me, I will be um, 400 pounds heavier. St- <laughs> I'll be Fat Elvis. Yeah. I'll be the guy at the end of the tunnel. No, I will be uh, down on New Year's Eve, Nashville, hosting uh, Fox's All-American New Year, doing stand-up in the crowd. Isn't that amazing that your mm-hmm. dad will be uh, telling jokes to 10 million people, potentially ending this whole lavish lifestyle with one joke? Are you nervous? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Are you still going to enjoy life? Oh, I know what joke it is. Which joke is it? You've talked to me about it before. You said it's very controversial. No, no, it's not. I'm not doing anything like that. that I'm not doing anything like that. You stop it. Uh, Some of my defund the police material. I won't do it on New Year's Eve. I I, I would deservedly get fired for it. But now's no time for that. The point is, Lincoln and I are kind of counting down the year in Fela. It was a busy year for us uh, in the Fela house. Uh, I do believe it began with Lincoln trying to dupe his mother and I into getting this fat mouse... Called Capybara. Called the Capybara. Explain the Capybara to to everybody in the audience. So it's like a big giant mouse, but it's not like a mouse where it's like dirt, like it's like dirty. It eats all. Well, it kind of does do all of that. (laughs) No, but it's like nice. It's not like a gross thing. It's actually kind of cool, and they're just there. It's kind of like it's kind of like our dog Bixby. He's just kind of there, and he's funny to look at. Okay, do you know the difference between Bixby and a Capybara is though? Because we went to the Santa Barbara uh, Zoo on our family vacation this year. Lincoln, Jenny, and I were at the Santa Barbara Zoo. We went to see a capybara, and it is, as he described, like a 250-pound mouse. The difference between the capybara and your dog is what? The dog doesn't swim in the water he goes to the bathroom in. I don't know. You think so? I knew that drop was coming. Too. I mean, I'd hope so. I mean, did you want the kids to cheer? What kind of weirdos are you hanging out with? I mean, if I said the dog goes to the bathroom in its own filth... No one's buying a used laptop off you, Lincoln Fela. Mm. 
But the point is, it began with you wanting a capybara, but it morphed into you impersonating other animals. Yeah. And driving your mom crazy. Oh, yeah, she doesn't let me do the monkey past, like, 7 p.m. <laughs> he has a noise uh, a noise ordinance, but he does this, like, in stores. So this is what everybody understands, okay? Lincoln is a troll. Okay, we love him. He's wonderful. He's funny. But there's an age differential between us and Lincoln. Like, I'm like a 45-year-old man. You're 14. There's a 31-year age difference. Your mom is, like, 42, right? So 29. 20, 20, stop it. 28-year age difference. So at hours of the day, when we come home, it could be, like, 10, 11 at night, we are dog-tired, okay? And he knows that, and he senses that, and he wants to upset us. He wants to prey upon our discomfort. So he starts, like, if I'm full, he'll start grabbing my stomach and poking me. Uh, if we're just irritated, he'll start making his noises. That's just how white folks will do you. Give me the monkey that you give me at 11. <laughs> Lincoln Fela is in studio. We're wishing everybody a Merry Christmas, and we're kind of bringing you through the year of torments in my family, uh, where the Link Man was frequently, you know, walking around in public asking people if they wanted a hug from the Snuggle Bear, which is never good. Uh, well, you're sick. You can't do Snuggle Bear anymore. You're like six oh, five. I have uh, a Santa Bucky onesie for uh, Christmas. Oh yes, you do. So you know, I can be the Snuggle Bucky. <laughs> do you want? Do you want a hug from the Snuggle Bucky? And we got a giant uh, inflatable Bucky too. Yeah, courtesy of the great Paul Gleiser and KTBB and Tyler. Texas, Paul sent us an inflatable Bucky. But to be clear, you could not go to a Bucky's in Texas, offer people a hug from the Snuggle Bucky. You want to know why? Because it's Texas, they're all armed. You're going to get a shot in the no, butt. No, but or people like Bucky that much, they actually might. Yeah, no, that's true. It might true. be a 50 50 kind of thing. What do you think your best outfit of the year was? The Bucky uh, Santa outfit? Probably stealing your stuff and looking better in it than you. <laughs> there was one night this summer where Lincoln came to an episode of Gutfeld. And then we went to Bobby Vans with Kennedy and Brian Brenberg after the show. Lincoln dresses up in my clothes to show the world what I would look like skinny. Which, by the way, it helped me. It's been a motivating factor. Two things have motivated me to turn my life around this year. Both involve you. I'll explain the other one. And Lincoln went to Bobby Vans uh, in my outfit, but with what else did you have on? My sunglasses. And he acted like a child star. He never talked to the waitstaff. He never interacted with anyone. He just sat there, and we looked like the showbiz parents pampering this monster in his clothes. Was that fun? Yeah. Is Bobby Vans the best steak? It was really good. Pound for pound, right? Yeah. I actually like your steak the best out of any other. Dude, Got to just know how to cook a couple things, and then you're just doing it right, son. <laughs> Mix up the rotation each time the same person comes around. They think you're an amazing cook, but in reality, you only know how to cook three things. Look, it's a true story, though. Like, if, if you get older, right, you start dating women. You start dating men. Whatever you date, nobody cares. There's no judgments here, okay? Uh, to be clear, it's PG, conservative. They, they, to be clear, it's conservative. ABC, it's, it's conservative talk radio. There probably are some judgments out there. I'm not going to lie, but I'm your dad. I love you. It's going to be fun. Okay, but whoever you start dating, okay, if you can cook, that is like a superpower because a lot of people can't. And they can and they do appreciate it. So the fact that I have said to you, we can master as I have like four or five things. It really does go a long way. And I was right about everything else. I told you, you like my clothes, no? And you know what else you've said to me? The only thing you should ever say to me is thank you. I walk in the house, you just say thank you. You look in my direction, you just say thank you. <laughs> is that the a only joke? Only thing you should ever say to me. But was I be, be clear? Was I joking when I said that no, to you? You wrote that in my birthday card. <laughs> he did it. Two things. I did not write that on his birthday card. I do not put my cigars out on him. He says this often. Like, here's my dad. He puts no, cigars out on No, instead he hits me with inflatable boxing gloves. Yeah, but that's something you're into. 
Lincoln, one of the highlights this year, we got another shipment of inflatable boxing gloves. And uh, we've gone through how many pairs, would you say? Uh, like at least like five or six. What, what's the longest up until now that a pair has lasted? Maybe two or three rounds. Maybe. Two or three rounds means two or three minutes. Yeah. Usually we buy these inflatable boxing gloves. We go to like Target. It'll be like 30 bucks. It takes us 20 minutes to blow them up. Somebody gets punched in the head once and they go flat. But now we're so these hot. These lasted. The ones you got, where did you get these latest ones? Amazon. So Lincoln, for my birthday, got me more gloves. This is like a Stockholm thing. The child. I got, go ahead. Uh, I got 16 gloves. Is that how many pairs you got? 16 or 8, I forget. Oh, dude, we got to get out on the lawn when I get home. This is going to be rowdy. But uh, basically, we, we run around the house just beating the snot out of each other and Jenny screaming that we're going to break stuff. But uh, to our credit, we haven't broken anything. We've never broken anything. And that includes the times when the gloves pop. We don't realize it, and we just keep hitting each other with our hands. Yeah. We've had a few of those. It's yeah. not pretty. Uh, what would you say the sports highlight of the year was? Was it Judge getting re-signed? Was it your first Yankee playoff game? Was it your first Dodger game? Or was it something involving the Clark Rams? Uh, the Dodger game was probably the funniest. <laughs> oh, no. The Yankee game was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But... Uh... Mm, I don't know. That's a tough one. I mean, the Clark Rams had some big moments. Yeah. You had a big force fumble, a couple of yeah. sacks, a couple of big tackles. Yeah. It's so funny. I was showing, um, yesterday I was doing the five with Will Kane. He has a 14-year-old son. And during the commercial breaks, you know, we're talking about our kids, and I was pretending to be proud of you. And I was showing Will Kane pictures of you playing football. And he's like, dude, he's like legit. He's like a player. He's like a defensive end. And I'm like, dude, you don't tell them that. You got to build. You got to build these kids up. We need to bring back tough love, wouldn't you say? People are too nice to kids. Yeah, definitely. You, know, you think on some level, I don't know that you go full bullying because you get in trouble. But isn't the problem with telling everybody they're special the fact that not everybody is special? Yeah. Ergo, they'll never self-improve. Like when they say, like, oh, it's brave. You weigh 700 pounds. It actually is kind of brave because you're going to die sooner than everybody else. Yeah. But that doesn't make it good. Yeah, exactly. So are you going to go back to fat shaming in 2023? Oh, I still do. <laughs> he does, but only to me and his mom, to be clear. Um, let me throw one other thing at you. Uh, because you did, I would say, personally, you got good grades. You were a phenomenal athlete this year. I mean, honestly, me and your mom, obviously, very proud of you. Uh, but your personal physical turnaround, did we ever figure out what motivated this? Or did you just hit puberty and you were like, I'm tough now? Well, I liked lifting weights, and they weren't really doing anything, so I just started eating better. So, And that's what kind of turned yeah. it? But as you grew, like Lincoln did a growth sport, so everybody understands. Lincoln used to rock this ridiculous mullet, but it was a short Dude, you mullet. you cut it. I did cut it. I saved Christmas for you, though, because I ultimately cut it to, for good. But I used to cut it for you. But Lincoln had a short mullet where it wasn't long enough in the back, so he just looked like the toughest girl in prison. That's what you look like. You look like the one woman at Rikers Island that could do one-arm pull-ups. But you were a little, you know, you were, a, as we say, a chunky monkey is what we might call you. But uh, you made a hell of a turn. You're actually in, like, phenomenal. I, like, I resent it on some level. But, uh, I mean, uh, is that the plan in 2023 to keep you in the link, man? Are you going to yeah. – you're not going to wear so much of my clothes that you start to look like me in them? Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> Well, Christmas is coming. Me and Lincoln are going to take a quick break. We're going to give you a little bit of a gift-giving guide, as well as a guide on how to not get ripped off when buying the favorite gift from you to you, which is what Lincoln tried to do on eBay. And uh, I don't know that it ended good, Lincoln Fela, but we'll get into it when we come back right here on the Big Bad One and Only Fox Across America with Jimmy Fela. It's the show that helps you assemble your presence. No, 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 you're doing it all wrong. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Welcome back to the show with your 
radio pal Jimmy Fallon with Fox Across America on this Fox Across America last <laughs> show of the Just... 2022 phenomenal year for this radio show. It was a hell of a year for this radio show, to be clear. Uh, all kinds of record-setting growth. I'm all over the TV. I mean, I'm, it's kind of a happening year now. The old telly, if you say. <laughs> the good news is I'm all over TV. The bad news is I spent most of the year and I looked like a talking ham. <laughs> but we're going to try to rein it in over the holiday break. Do you think I'm going to achieve my goal of being the first member of the Fala family to lose weight in the month of December? In the month of December? It's never happened in the history of our family that a fella has gone to bed on December 31st weighing less than he did on December 1st. Right now, I'm ahead of the game. I'm down like 10 pounds. So you're not going to eat? Uh, well, if you're down 10, I hope you don't gain 10 pounds in like five days. <laughs> I would be dead. That wouldn't be great. 10 but, pounds. I would have gained an entire I mean, supermodel. I mean, it depends like on what you eat and stuff like that because you can gain like five pounds in a day and then the next day you'll be like four pounds lighter. Yeah, I don't have little kid metabolism. That's your other superpower. Lincoln eats good. He works out and just weight just flew off this kid. How much weight did you lose? Like 45, 50 pounds. That is insane, dude. I mean, I just, there's no That's way. That's just how much you need to lose in your face. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst. Lincoln Fail is in studio. Uh, we're talking about holiday gift giving guides. You said you wanted baseball cards, Yankee memorabilia, maybe some yeah. Steelers stuff. Yeah. Are there any hot video games for the kids? Honestly, not really. I haven't been playing a lot of Xbox, but it depends on what you like. What do you, I just like Madden and MLB The Show. You got into sports games. Are your friends playing? Is there like a new Grand Theft Auto or anything like that? Grand Theft Auto, the new one, so it's been <laughs> supposed to come out for like 10 years now. It's taken way too long. It's just not happening. Yeah. Did you notice when we were in L.A.? That there's really not a difference between the video game the and the map. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got the same people walking around. One time we were stopped at a stoplight. I was telling my friends the story the other day that there was a guy. We had the uh, roof down on the convertible, and a guy was yelling about. Uh, he was yelling at a squirrel for killing his other pet squirrel <laughs> because he like screwed up a cocaine deal or something like that. It was really. I don't remember all the details, but I'm probably accurate. It was a crazy story, but it was nice to see Hunter Biden again. Yeah. Hey, there you go. We got zingers. Lincoln Fela's in studio. Boom. Jimmy Fela. Boom. Lincoln did attempt this year to buy a two Lincoln from Lincoln present on eBay. Uh, really quickly, this is a holiday scam everybody needs to know about. People are out there um, taking the money off gift cards in some instances. So you buy a gift card, right? Yeah, I bought a Visa card, uh-huh. and it was there was something weird with it, but just check with like the cashiers and stuff like to that make sure them. to make sure some so to make sure the value is added to the card because people were selling hundred dollar Visa cards by us. This could happen to any gift card; it's not Visa's fault, to be clear. But people were buying gift cards by us, and then the cashiers weren't adding the value. They were charging you a hundred, pocketing the hundred. Well, but no, not they putting weren't. Any value it wasn't the, the cashiers; they were slipping in paper slips to make it look like there was a code but when we in like reality someone else already had the code they were oh, opening them up and so stuff it's like beyond that. the cashier yeah but ultimately lincoln wound up bidding lincoln wanted an aaron judge jersey which frequently do sell for thousands of dollars online uh lincoln found one for two hundred dollars which is about 80 percent below market value decided to go ahead with the purchase anyway that's stupid 
Use your common sense. He, he didn't have any I at the time. I still think the dude was legit. <laughs> Lincoln subjected the guy to an intense vetting inquiry, typing the words on Instagram. What did you type? What? You wrote, you're not a scam, are you? And the guy wrote, no. So Lincoln was like, okay, here's all my money. <laughs> but it's a good lesson. Dude, the learned. guy has a huge following. He gets he he's like he's followed by MLB reporters. But they listen. He's like a legitimate No, thing. I don't doubt that he's followed, but they rip people off like that all the time. And the point is they take advantage of kids like you and people doing things from he a place of emotion. No, I know, but I'm saying people that are in an emotional spot that really want something so badly that they'll believe it's true. It you happens online. Get signed for real then. Yeah, we'll have to find Aaron Judge this year. We'll tell our our Yankee Dude, connection. They, uh, it's ninety. They did a thing, ninety nine dollars for uh, floor level tickets. Two floor level tickets, ninety nine dollars. Whoa, well, we got. Judge all right, we might have to work that out, Lincoln Fela. But the point is, uh, be careful uh, if you're out there shopping this holiday season. Uh, if something is too good to be true, like it's ninety percent below market value, it probably is. That's how they rip people off. But the good news is, Lincoln made it up to Jenny and I. Uh, he has just helped a Nigerian prince smuggle gold bars out of the yeah. country. So we're loaded. It doesn't even matter anymore. But the point is, Merry Christmas, Lincoln Fela. Merry Christmas to everybody who listens to this show. Remember, you are not fans of Fox Across America. You are friends of Fox Across America. We have a lot of opportunities to get together this year and celebrate our good fortune. But however you spend the holiday season, if it's Christmas, if it's Kwanzaa, if it's Hanukkah, if you're just getting ripped off on eBay like Lincoln, I don't care. What I say every year is you're in the happiness business. Uh, go out, have fun, have the happiest holidays allowable by law. Watch me on the five this afternoon. I need the ratings. It's my last TV appearance until New Year's Eve. And uh, that is it. The show is over. Pay up. Get out. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a Jimmy Fallon. Merry Christmas, everybody. You're we the made worst. it. You're the worst. Get him out of here. Get him out. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.